Hello Life Changes Church, welcome to our YouTube channel. We have got an amazing word prepared for you, so why don't you take out your notebook and your pen as we get ready to listen to what God has for us. So God is on the move, the church is on the move, His church is on the move, and He's jealous for His glory in and through you. And in and through what He's building in the local church. I want to throw us a little bit forward. I know some of you are a little bit behind in your Old Testament reading, so I want to read from the Old Testament this morning. Is that good? Just so we all catch up and get a moment. Are we going to read from Isaiah? He's this crazy, amazing prophet that God spoke, and God would use the prophets to speak to his people, his word. When the people didn't have the spirit of God poured out and inside, he would use his prophets to speak, and he's speaking to them at a tough time. They're under pressure from the Babylonians. Those guys, they just kept coming. Babylonians, they were coming at the enemy. They were coming um, to his people all the time. And, and Isaiah's speaking, and, and at times in Isaiah, he's challenging their sin, their rebellion, their brokenness. And at other times, he's reminding them of the goodness of God and his ability to navigate them through. We get to Isaiah 43, and that's where we feel God is speaking to us from. He's speaking to people under pressure. We're people under pressure. So let me set you free. You were made for times like this, church of Jesus Christ. You were made for times like this. You have his spirit and his power and his truth to sustain you and hold you for this. You were made for times like this. So God's speaking to us and challenging us. And I want to take us to Isaiah 43. Let's read together. I love it. He starts out. Maybe it's the word you need to hear today. Fear not. It says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. There's a thousand preachers right there. We could just stop there and preach for years. You are mine. Your sexuality, your identity, your future, your dreams, your finances, your family, your emotions, whatever's coming at you, you are mine. He says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. Some of you need to print this and put it on your walls to remind you who your God is. When you walk, uh, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from east and west. I will say to the north and the south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. And then he calls us and reminds them that they are witnesses to the ends of the earth. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind. Who have ears but are deaf. Gather the nations together. Assemble the peoples of the world. Which of the idols has ever foretold such things? Which can predict what will happen tomorrow? Where are the witnesses of such predictions? Who can verify that they spoke the truth? And then he commissions there. says, but you will be my witnesses. O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to me. To know me. Believe in me and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There has never been, and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. First I predicted your rescue, then I saved you and proclaimed it to the world. No foreign God has ever done this. You are my witnesses, 
that I am the only God, says the Lord. From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch you out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done. And then incredible promise to judge their enemies. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes, I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator and king. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and then drowned. Then they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. And here's the promise for us as exiled people, as God calls us, ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. We know that already. And yet ongoingly calling us to more. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. Lord, I pray let your word speak today. Not a clever idea of man or a team or a woman or whatever. Just your word. Pray whether it's even that one word, those words, fear not. Be reminded that you are the God, that no one compares. Speak today, we pray. Amen. As we take a hold of vision, vision is not just for a church. Vision is for every organization. And even this vision, I feel it's something for more than just the forward movement of a church. That's small. It's a pulling into the more that God is doing in the nations as he's speaking and reminding us that he is greater than, mightier than, and he's you part of his story. So often we try to make God part of our story and we wonder why it doesn't work. No, you're part of his story. And as we navigate that, then a story like Joseph can make sense. It makes sense only in God and his story and his economy. And I want to challenge us first and foremost to look forward. The message puts that same verse this way. Uh, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? I was with a pastor the other day, and he was talking about another man who's had a really tough time. And he made the statement. He said, no, but he's got a very good forgettery. That's not a word, but I like it because I know what he's saying. He's saying this person's got the ability to actually forget and move forward. Not in a way that there's like some metrophile building stashed away where there's just in case, he, no, just to move on. So relationships are current. They're not running on last year's history. Too many people don't have that. And I love it. He's saying, God says, actually, here's what I did. Remember? Uh, uh, your enemy, I opened up the sea and then I squashed them with the waters and I saved. You remember I did that? He's reminding them. And ultimately, Jesus has done that for us. He did it in a new way. He poured his grace over our lives and saved us. And then there's this incredible transition, but forget all that. Why would he do that? He's saying, first and foremost, forget the good. Yes, the good where I saved you, the way that I saved you. Why? Because we often get stuck in the good that God's done in our past, and we struggle to see a future because we're holding on to what he did in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. What God did with us the first time he saved us, it was good. It was good. 
And, but there was a hymn playing in the background. And if there's not a hymn playing, I don't feel the same goodness of God. I'm saying, no, that's a problem. That's a form and a shape, not the essence of the salvation of Jesus. He's also telling them to forget their failures and their flaws. Because these people had messed up many times. And they'd stumbled forward trying to honor God, and yet they kept messing up. And God reminds them of his glory, his oneness, and then says, forget all that. Why? Because he needs their perspective to be the right perspective. He needs the direction of their view to be the right direction. Imagine that video we'd filmed with that city around. We'd turned it the other way. You know what you'd have seen? A whole bunch of guys eating their lunch and a building that looked like a ramshackle. You wouldn't be very impressed. But Yahan and Ruan in their wisdom and design eyes turn the perspective. And I'm going, guys, they're going to see cables and everything. This is going to look terrible. Yahan just says, just trust me. Why? Because he knows how to choose the perspective. And I'm telling you, believers, we've got to learn how to choose the perspective. And God's saying, forget all that. Let's move forward. See, we have a tendency to keep moving back. So Jesus challenges, yes, we know the shortest sentence, he said, Jesus wept. But the second shortest sentence, remembered Lot's wife. He says it in Luke. It's just a, like a throwaway line. Remember Lot's wife. Why? Because Lot's wife was someone who couldn't forget the past. She couldn't let go. And as she's walking away, even though God was pouring his saving grace upon her to walk her out of, she looks back, woof, pillar of salt. <laughs> yes, it is a funny story. Brilliant for Christian charades, if you ever just bring a pillar of salt. It's Lot's wife. And, um, but it's a challenge. And, and it's a challenge to too many believers who are living, looking in the rear view mirror. Rear view mirror. We, we, we're drawing, look what God did then. No, I remember 1989, 1999, there was a revival in my church. Young people, eight, 900 young people on a Sunday night running to the presence of God. But if I'm living for 99, I'm going to miss 2023. And I'm going to miss what God wants to do today, now. And I'm telling you, we get stuck on form and shape. And the problem with this, he says, forget the body. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. He says, I need you to take a hold of all that I've got to forget the past. Secondly, look to him. Really, really simple stuff. He says, for I am about to do a new thing. And because I read the message earlier, I'll read from the New King James. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now we're all good. Behold, one day I'm going to walk in my house and my kids are going to go, Behold, Father is here. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Um, but, but the church isn't the new thing. The church has been the always thing. The new thing is the Spirit of God leading and shaping His people to be a sign and a wonder to the world. See, we, we don't live in a God of upgrades. God didn't say, what I'm going to do, I'm going to bring Jesus, but it's going to make you, so if you're really bad, it'll make you slightly better. No, the blood of Jesus comes and makes us new. It brings dead to life. So when God says, behold, I'm doing something new. See, I'm doing something new. Forget the past. Why? Because we live in a world of, oh, I had the iPhone 12. Now I need the iPhone 47. It's not that much difference. I can promise you, it'll still be about this big. There'll still be a screen and you can still make phone calls on it. We live in a world of upgrades where everyone thinks I can pursue upgrades. I heard a statement the other day. Until two years ago, the number one 18-year-old birthday gift for an 18-year-old young woman in America is breast augmentation. Because there's this constant desire to make ourselves better, to, to somehow, and yet God says, actually, I'm not in the game of making you better. I'm in the game of making you new. 
I'm in the game of bringing on new things. Why are you asking me to take your old kidney that's struggling? Trust me for something new. Why are you asking me to upgrade your psyche that's struggling? Give me something new. See, it's got to be new. I know even for myself, I'm like, God, if you could just do this a little bit better. God, if you could just move the church on this much. But the, the challenge, the something new, often the greatest limit is not the new of God. It's, it's, it's what God did in the past for us. It becomes our greatest limited for what he wants to do in the future. It's a challenge. God healed in this way. You know, go read the Bible. Did Jesus ever do a miracle the same way? Sometimes it was public. Sometimes it was private. Sometimes he had Peter, James, and John, and Jairus' parents. The other times just spat in the guy's eye. It doesn't matter. Now, I personally wouldn't choose the spit in the eye one, personally. I'm a bit of a germaphobe, and Jesus, not, that's not my favorite. And yet, Jesus is not limited by our form and shape. He just wants to do miracles in our midst, and we get challenged. See, the issue is, are we looking for him, or are we just looking for a form of him? Churches and church movements have come and gone. It's the reality. I hate to say it. If we lose the mission that God's called us to, and if we lose the ability to see the new that he presents to us, I'm telling you, we lose much, if not everything, along the way. We become an organization moving forward with a history, but no future. And I'm telling you, God wants to use his local church and his church in this world. So just a simple encouragement. Please be careful how you speak about the church. There's all sorts of documentaries and things you can find, and you'll find anything you want. Be careful how you speak about the church. Make sure we have honor flowing in our veins for his bride. Whether it's the church down the road or the five churches drive, I drive past every Sunday on the way to this church. Let's make sure we speak well of his church. Secondly, thirdly, see the new. It says this, see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Let's start with the do you not see it. He asked a rhetorical question because they're struggling to see it. And so the challenge is see. The challenge, what would keep me from perceiving and seeing what God is doing is often that the fact that that's not in my lens. Again, if, if my lens is the good life, I'm gonna struggle to see Jesus in a Joseph story. Anyone read Joseph and go, I don't really want to spend my 20s in prison. Is there another version of that story? Or maybe there's other stories where you look at it's the Instagram uh, lens and it's the Facebook lens and it's a lens where I need affirmation and ultimately what's underpinning it is insecurity. We're going to struggle to see. Church, you are called to be people with vision. Who, when you walk into the house of a marriage that is totally messed up and has no hope in the natural, you have the ability to see something different. That when you walk into an environment that is totally oppressed, depressed, challenged, you have the ability to see. Why? It's the Spirit of God inside of you. It's not your ability. Not could you fancy. Again, Jesus wants us to be up here. And I'm speaking this and I'm telling you, part of this, we've got to stop just trusting for slightly better marriages and trust Him for new marriages. We've got to start trusting Him to see the new stories that God would do in lives at this time. And lastly, why? Because He's challenging us to live lives that are miracle lives. 
not just for someone else. Too much of the church, and I'm speaking about myself, are so content in telling other people's testimonies, other people's stories. But when I see Jesus, he says, actually, you'll see greater things in this. He wasn't talking to someone else. He was talking to me, a disciple. He says, what will the greater things look? And he paints it for the picture for them. He says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Oh, but Jesus, last time we liked it when you made a pathway through the sea. We pr- that was more impressive. I'm telling you, when you're in the wilderness and you don't know where you're going and you need a road to walk on so that you know you're going to get somewhere, you're looking for a pathway, not just a half-hearted pathway, a road through the wilderness, clear, laid out, presented by a king. He says, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Oh, Jesus, last time, the water was the challenge. You divided in parts of the water. Well, the thing that was the barrier, the thing that was the limitation is now the thing that you need to come from a rock. Will you see it? Will you see it? I want to just, I'm telling you more than previous years, I feel like God is speaking to us more prophetically. I've, I've watched with intrigue as, as, as word of revival is spoken over universities in America as people are gathering to pray. I'm, I'm watching, I'm saying, God, God, I want, I need more of you. I've been worshiping my whole life. My whole life. I, I've done more church, I think, than many lifetimes. It's never been about church. It's never been about the word on the street about. It's always been about Jesus. I think it's got to be fresh, Jesus. I've got to have eyes I can see. I can't walk in. You know what the temptation is? You walk in a situation, I've seen this before. You know what you won't see in that situation? A miracle. Whether it's you're standing next to a bed in a hospital, say, I've seen this before, it doesn't look good. Whether you walk into the house of a marriage that is totally wrecked and there's much brokenness and much sin and, and, and in the natural, when the dots line up, it looks like death. Unless I'm prepared to see and get beyond my lenses and my prejudices and my pain and my past to change my perspective, I'm telling you, church, we're going to miss Jesus. We won't just become redundant. We won't just become ineffective in the mission. We'll miss Jesus. Can you stand with me this morning? This is more of a prophetic unction that God's got for us at this time. And I'm so excited. But I want to challenge us from John 15 this morning. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that we'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me. See, the challenge is you're already clean. If you receive the blood of Jesus, you're clean. If you receive the grace of Jesus, you're clean. But the charge and the challenge and the hardest thing for you and for me is to remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit, much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Say nothing. You can do nothing. That's quite insulting, eh? Quite insensitive, Jesus. 
he's calling us. He's reminding us. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. How we see miracles? Stay in Jesus. Well, Mark, my life's not good now. Stay in Jesus. Stay in his community. Stay in his people. Stay on mission. Oh, Mark, you don't know how bad it is. No, tell people about Jesus and how good he is. Stop telling them about you. And you'll see his grace. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I just want to be a disciple of Jesus. I just want to be. I did a funeral for a man this week. A man who 12, 13 years ago might have been one of South Africa's wealthiest individuals. And then through the property crisis and a whole bunch of things, lost it all. And yet I got to sit with his wife this week before the funeral. She didn't speak about a man who lost it all. She told me about a man who was godly, who treated her well, who did everything he could to provide for her, who got up every morning and read the word of God. And on every opportunity he could, he told people about the love of Jesus. So that funeral in many ways could have focused on the lows of this life. But Jesus says, my blood means my lowlights become your highlights. He flips it all around. He says, disciples, will you see? Will you see? Will you see? Will you see? God wants to deal with our vision, which means he wants to deal with your prejudice, my prejudice, our preferences, our pains, our limitations. Why? there's a new in him new life new healing new wholeness new possibilities ah uh-uh. diversity doesn't work I heard from one pastor come and see the people I get to worship with come and see come and see stop looking back look forward see Jesus Can we close our eyes just for a moment? God, we... The temptation on a day like this is to get loud and excitable and make it clear, Lord, I I don't want to do any of those. I just want to see you more. And I pray for us as a church we would see you. And as we see you and align our perspective with yours, that your grace would invade, that you would come that you do miracles in our midst. Not because we deserve it and not because we've got the formula, but because you are good, you are faithful and you are kind. I pray rip down the walls that need to be continued to rip down in the midst of us so that your miracles and signs and wonders can take place so the world can see you. I just, I need and I want this world to see you, God. I want my neighbors to see you. I want every person to know you. So we worship you, God. We will give you glory and honor and praise this morning. Give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you for the privilege of being your church. Thank you for the privilege of being considered your bride that you're coming back for. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you.
What an amazing, amazing word. If you would like to find out about what's happening in the life of the church, why don't you follow us on our social media, Instagram or Facebook, or you can go into our website, lifechanges.org.za. Thank you so much for watching that video. Be blessed.